love lets it go. Love lets it go. Just thinking about this theme, it's quite a challenging one about, because it is also so human to hold on to things, right? To hold on to things, to hold on to things so tight. And when I'm talking about things, I'm talking about both good things and both what? Bad things. Good things, we want them to ourselves because it's good to have good things. But at times, we want just to have too much of those good things such that we take our focus off everything else, other people, even God, and we are so much centered on I, me, and myself, and how do I get me better? And in so doing, we stop living in the community. We stop doing the one another commandment. Actually, I've been going through the Bible, the New Testament. They're about to sickisty one another's. Love one another. Care for one another. Do for one another. This and that and that. There's about sickisty one another's commandment that are given both by Jesus and by the apostles in the Bible. So the Bible is full of one another's. So both in good time and in the bad time, the Bible expressed the one another in terms of love for one another and how to care for one another and how to talk to one another. And we're going to look a little bit about that. But also, in, in the moments, so we hold on to good things. We love, we don't like letting go. We love holding on in good times and in good things. But also, the flip side is also true that in the bad times, in the lows of time in, of life, and when things are not going on well, we also love holding on to those things and making them very personal. If they tell you that you are dumb, what comes to your mind, your brain receives that and it keeps on moving with that, that I am not bright. If they, tells you, they tell you that you are not beautiful, you are ugly, your mind wants to hold on to that, and convince yourself, no matter how many people tell you that you are beautiful, you are handsome, your mind knows that I am ugly because somebody told me that I am. If they tell you that you go nowhere, you mount to nothing, what a waste of space and time. You know all those terrible words to use. Your mind has this ability, the magnetic power to hold on to those laws to hold on to those bad words and make them personalized, make them you, that I will go nowhere. Sometimes maybe see the families where other people, there is nothing going on, and you know, the family, I, I for one, I, I deal in the com with the community with people who have experienced quite low lives. Just on Saturday, I had a group of about 300 students in secondary and and tertiary, and I was talking to them about real love, you know? And I was just giving them a little bit of principles on dating because most of them are in their ages, you know, like teenagers and, you know, ages where they're looking at forward getting into marriages and all that and just lack of priority, and I was just talking to them, but approaching it from the perspective of God that these things are good, but in the right time, they're even better for you and I. So talking to them and the Spirit of God just came in the place, there was an atmosphere of worship, and people's hearts were attached. 
these young people began to pray and giving themselves to God and crying and offering themselves to God. And after that, I had an overwhelming response where I had hundreds of these young ones coming to me and personal questions, just how communities broken and hurt. And just reach out to them with the Father heart, with the heart of God, the heart of love, and assuring them that those low moments, those bad words, those cursing ways that were spoken upon you, those tormenting spirits and powers of darkness, they do not have a hold on you, they do not have power on you, because God said, I love you with an everlasting love. He loved you so much that he came to die for you, because love gives away. Love lets it go. He could have held on to heavenly glory and been there in the majesty and the presence of God, enjoying angelic worship. You know, God, Jesus would have been there in the presence of the Father and just be okay because they are actually uh, believed to be more angels than humans. But you know what? He cares for the least. He left the 99 to come for the one to reach out to you because he loves you. Love lets go. I want you to think this morning about things that you might want to let go. I want you to think about things that you have hold, held on so dearly that are at the core of your heart. Things that are killing you. Things that are breaking you. I want you to begin to analyze, are they worthy to your life? Do they matter more than life itself? Jesus says, how many of you by worrying can add even one day to your life? How many of you by complaining, murmuring, crying, and beating yourself up will be able to change that situation in your life? How does it make better for you just to keep on shattering yourself in that corner and crying and beating yourself up about? How is that going to change your situation? I came to you to challenge you and ask you to shake yourself up. Rise up and say, God loves me. I'm going to shine for Jesus. The Bible says, rise and shine for your time has come and the glory of God is risen upon you. It's no time anymore to go in that corner and shut yourself up. Shake yourself and shake that sad moment up. Shake those bad words up. Shake those demons out of your life and say, I belong to God. I'm going to love for God. I'm going to rise up for God. And this life of mine, I will shine it for Christ Jesus in my time. Don't let the enemy take advantage of you. First Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 5 says this. Love is not rude. Love does not demand its own way. Love is not irritable. And love keeps no record of wrong or record of when it has being wronged. You know, love is not rude. Love does not demand its own way. Have you been with people, moments of time, people that demand their own way into your flesh? Do you get that expression? Like you have no option. If they stand on you, if they face you, you feel like you are suffocating with life because you are not walking away until that way is paved right through your bones. <laughs> that sounds too strong, doesn't it? 
All right. <laughs> love is not too irritable because love is love. What is love? Love is love, right? <laughs> like, I feel like there isn't any other better way of, ex of defining love apart from love is love, you know? You know, because love is better felt than explained, you know? Like, love is better acted than talked about, you know? So when you feel love, you feel love. When you feel my life is full of joy, you feel joy, and there can never be a better way of explaining it than feeling it. So in any situation, if there isn't a feeling of love, if there isn't an expression of love, it is not there. Love is not irritable. Just like some people are easily irritated. A loving heart is stretched, open, wide, and can embrace so much. A loving person can receive rebuke, correction, and receive it in a loving way. An unloving person, even though they may be shown so much love, in a very loving way, and even angelic loving way, as long as their heart is not full of love, they will still find faults in it. God is, it's not just about love being spoken, it's about also our hearts being receptible to love. And if the, our hearts are full of bitterness, are full of rudeness, are full of all these things, irritations, easily angered, and all those things, we will not be able to receive love even from God, and will not be able to give love to others and to God. That's why love does not keep records of wrong, of past wrong. Are you able to let go of that record? Are you able to give that license you have because they did this to me. They did this to me. I therefore do this to me. I've met so many young people in my lifetime, uh, youth ministry. You ask them, why are you living like that? Why are you smoking? Or why are you sleeping around? Or why are you drinking your life to date? And they're like, oh, because I have depression or I have suppression or whatever pressure they have in their mind and saying that. And because somebody did this to me, I'm not understood. Oh, my mother did this to me. My father, my boyfriend did this to me. And therefore, I am drinking myself to life. I'm, I'm saying, how is that helping you? Because you are becoming more toxic to the people that loves you more than you are doing harm to yourself. You know, like you doing that to yourself, but there are people that loves you who are becoming pressured more than you are suppressing yourself. You know, love does not keep records of wrong. I can tell you that it is not true and it's not biblical when we have been told that you have the right and the license to hold on to those grudges because God is asking you to let it go. God is asking you to forgive. God is asking you to love in return. Where you have been wronged, God is saying love back and love back and love back. That is the spirit of God. That is the spirit of God. Jesus knew that we will be wronged. Jesus knew that we will be offended. Jesus knew that there will be so many enemies in this life. And you know what he said should be our response to them? To, the, to them, love your enemies. And do good to them. And you know he says, one of your enemies, if they are hungry, give them food. If they are shelterless, give them shelter. If they are naked, clothe them. And you're saying, but why, Jesus? How can I do that? Because two wrongs don't make a right. 
if you do wrong because people are doing wrong things to you, both of you are in one kingdom. If you are in the kingdom of light and this one is in the kingdom of darkness and they wrong you, give them what you are best at and that's the love of God. Give them what is filling your heart and that's the light of the gospel inside of your hearts. But if you give them what is in you, Jesus says, out of the abundance of the, of the heart, the mouth speaks. And Jesus says, can a bamboo bush tree or a thorny bush tree give birth to fruits, nice fruits to eat? He says that each fruit gives after its own, I mean, each tree gives after its own kind. It gives after its own fruits. If you are a good tree, you will give birth or you produce good fruits. All right? We were, the Bible, Paul expresses this as, we were once bad fruits or bad trees. And then God gets us and engraves us to a olive, right? He engraves us to a good tree. And such that because we are engraved to this tree, we too are able to produce nice fruits. And in expression saying that once we were alienated to God, we were foreigners, we were enemies of God because of sin. We were not called children of God because we were following the passion and the desires of the earth. But it says now we have been adopted in the family of God. And then it says in John, it says in John 5.15, it says that if you abide in me and I in you, uh, we, you shall bear much fruit. What kind of fruits are you bearing? The fruit of the Holy Spirit. And what's the fruit of the Holy Spirit? Love, kindness, patience. And that's what Paul is saying. That's what love is. Love is not uh, rude. Love is not uh, demanding its own way. Love is not easily irritable, angered. Love does not keep records of wrong. But the opposite of the same is love. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love forgives. Love lets go. Love seeks the betterment of the other person than its own betterment. You know, that's the love of God. I pray to God today that we'll be able to let go of whatever is suppressing us and killing us. Of every bitterness and every anger in our hearts. Of every license, of every wrongs that people have committed to us. You have the power to make that decision, that choice to let go. May you let go today in the name of Jesus. May you let go today in the name of Jesus. May you choose to let go. Do you know what begins to happen? When you let go of those stuff, you begin to receive healing. The joy of God begins to come in your heart. Your heart begins to get refreshed again. Your life is full of joy. You may not have money yet. You may not finish to your school. And things may not still be better. But you have joy from inside. There will be an abundance of joy coming over your life. And when that joy begins to overflow your life, your mind begins to get focused on how to solve those problems. It starts with the change of heart and change of mind then our entirety, our being is changed, is changed. You know, actually, the greatest deliverance of, of it all is one, being able to realize that I am not living right. I need to let go, and I need to embrace on God. Even the greatest deliverance from demons 
is being able to know that I am oppressed. You, you, you realize being oppressed, you have the oppression because all this oppression comes from, even the devils, it's called oppression, right? The devil comes to oppress you or possession. So whatever oppression you are going through, just press them on and let them go. And Jesus will reign in you. So when you realize that this is not the spirit of God, this is not from God. This is demonic. Actually, this is being uh, in sin and in the world. And make that decision that, Lord, I have no power, but I need help. That's the beginning of deliverance. That's the beginning of being set free. That's the beginning of salvation. It may not happen instantly, but you recognizing what is not right over your life is the beginning of the journey. It's the beginning of getting better. Getting hurt and remaining hurt and holding on to hurt will only make you sick at the end of the day and you will not live to fulfill what God has for you. Hence today God is saying, love lets it go. May you let it go in the name of Jesus. Some of those friends of yours, you have to let them go today. Mm -hmm. Say amen to that. Some of those cliques and companies and groups, you have to let them go today in the name of Jesus. You know, at times in counseling and all this, I just pray that, God, can't you just cause confusion in that group? You know, if they are like, I, of course I do. Of course I've been pastor for many years. And also in the, in, at work, I am having like over a thousand people that I have to look after. And you find that problems from those youths or young people start with a group, common mind. Have you, have you lived long enough to hear this term that says misery likes company? Do you realize that misery loves company more than anything else? Miserable people will find miserable people and together they will be very miserable. Come out of that misery company in the name of Jesus. Let it go today in the name of Jesus. Sometimes a relationship between guy and the boy is out of misery, loves company. They are both miserable and broken, and they can't help it. They want to stay together, to remain miserable. You need an unmiserable person, a happy person, to make you happy, not a miserable person. Just so you, if you didn't come last week, we had singles event. We said that... Uh, <laughs> Love or marriage, let me say marriage, does not, we don't marry for pity or compassion. Because she's sad, she has no one to take care of her. Oh, he has no one to take care of her. Oh, therefore, I feel like I am her savior or his savior. Both of you are going to be miserable. You don't love for pity. You love for love. There's no better way to define love. Maybe you guys got a better way to define love. But for me, love, the definition of love is love acted out. Hallelujah. May those miserable relationships and companies, let them go today in the name of Jesus. So that the light and the love of God may come and make you a better person. You know, sometimes your cup, if the cup is full, your life is full, full of bad people, full of bad movies, full of bad books, full of bad songs. You have no space for something else to come. The love of God will come and it will not shine in your heart because you are holding on to something so strong and dearly. May you let it go in the name of Jesus Christ. Let it go today in the name of Jesus. 
What are the four uh, marks of real love? The first one is that love is not rude. So be tactful, not just truthful. That's the first mark of love. Love is truthful. Not just tactful, but love is what? Truthful. In your book, uh, it says love is not rude. So the answer is be tactful and not just truthful. You know, uh, in the Message Bible, Proverbs 18 verse 13 says, Answering before listening is both stupid and rude. It's in the Bible, right? Answering before listening is both stupid and what? Rude. Because you have truth and <laughs> you, be, you, you are tactful. You are not tactful, but you are truthful. You have the truth. And therefore, you can't wait to be able to leash that truth at somebody. You know, you know even truth when not spoken right can be wrong, can hurt, can cause more harm than good. That's why the Bible says that answering in Proverbs 18, 13, Message Bible, answering before listening is both stupid and rude. And look at what uh, Ephesians 4 says. Ephesians 4, 31 says this, stop being bitter and angry and mad at others. Don't yell at one another or curse each other or ever be rude. Instead, be kind and merciful and forgive others just as God forgave you because of Christ. He's talking about tactic. He's talking about embracing the act of love by being forgiving, by letting go of that anger, by letting go of they will feel me, I'm going to pour out at them, I will lash at them, and they will feel what I'm made up of. You are made up of love, I tell you. Maybe you don't know, you are made up of love. Because the one who created you, he is called love. And he says, those who know God, they know love. They act and live in love. May love be our greatest aim in the name of Jesus. Let love be your greatest aim. Forgive others. Release them from their wrongs. You know, some of our hearts, are prison, maximum prisons. Some of our hearts are what? Maximum prisons. We have got 1,001 people chained in our hearts for life. We can't let them go because of what they did. Whatever years ago, it could be now, it could be 10,000 of years. Some of us actually even hold on past on grudges. Some of the people we hate, they didn't even hurt us. They hated or maybe caused hurt to some other people. And we were told story because misery love company, we have inherited their hate. And we hate those people. There are all these things that are making us bitter instead of living a better life. May you let them go in the name of Jesus. Learn to forgive just as God has forgiven you in Christ Jesus. Just as God has forgiven you in Christ Jesus. Proverbs 16 verse 21 says this. A wise, mature person is known for his understanding. The more pleasant his words, the more persuasive he is. Kind words. Last week, Inej was speaking to us about loving with our words. 
kind. We don't have always to be so persuasive about things. It says that the more kind, the more understanding, the more pleasant his or her words are, the more persuasive they are. Have you, have you been, have you listened to people who just says one or two words and you can't help it, you feel like breaking and cry? Because their words are just few, but out of love, out of, they're so pleasant and they're coming in so meek sometimes, it could be high or low, but they're so heart-piercing and so persuasive such that you can't help it but decide to change. It's talking about tactful. A more mature person, that's what Proverbs says, a more mature, a wise and mature person is known for his understanding. You may say that it's talking about his, it's a man. No, your spirit is not female or male. It's talking about both of you and myself. The more pleasant his words, the more persuasive he is. May we learn to speak kind words to one another. May we be tactful in our truth. May we have strategy as we handle truth. Truth is not meant to repair or to kick or to kill. Truth is meant to bring life. And I know for sure that truth may not always be received by people. Some people actually, if you tell them a lie, then we will receive it than when you tell them the truth. Have you met such people? You guys have lived well. You've not met any. <laughs> there are people when you tell them the truth, you are in trouble. You are so persuaded to tell them a lie so that you'll be at peace with them. Because that's what, that's what they, they, you know, that's what ticks them. You know, that's what <laughs> reverberates their lives. But let's speak the truth at all costs. But should we speak it anyhow? No, with tactic, that's what the Bible is saying. With strategy, Jesus also used strategy in many ways in order to bring the truth to public. The second mark of real love is that love does not demand its own way. So the answer is, the, uh, the mark is that be understanding and not demanding. Be understanding and not demanding. Jesus said they will know you for your love for one another. They will know you on, that you belong to me through the way you treat one another, through the way you relate with one another. There is a need for being understanding. Because Philippians says this in chapter 2, verse 5, your attitude should be the same that Jesus Christ had. Though he was God, he did not demand and cling to his rights as God. He made himself nothing. He took the humble position of a slave and appeared in human form. Jesus humbled himself. He understood where we were at. Imagine if Jesus came as God with the God's authority and command things in every street and every way. He probably wouldn't have any disciple. He, prob he probably wasn't going to end up having the same impact as he did. But he humbled himself. He came in a human form. Him being God and divine, he was, he was born human as a baby. He grew among the community. He understood 
our issues, our problems, our shortcomings. He was like superhuman, but he lived as everyone else. And when the time was right, he began to draw everyone to God. He did not demand it straight. He did not like put a huge and cut. He actually said that I have not come to judge the world. I have not come to judge the world. But I have come so that you may be saved. I have not come to change the world. But so that when the world comes to me and understand the life, the ways I speak to them, the world will change from the inside out. If you want to make somebody better, if you want to help others love God and come to God, you have to understand where they are first in life. Love people where life founds them. Loving people where life has found them. Other people are caught up and found in their predicaments. The best way to help them out of their predicament is to let them know that you understand and you sympathize and you are with them and that you have gone through what they have gone. You probably may have not gone through what everyone has gone, but you have gone through in your own version, right? And every version has got one thing in, in common, pain, hurt, low moments, emotional tortures, and all those things. When people know that and understand, they are willing to listen to you because you resonate with what they are going through. So love does not only press its own demand, but it is understanding. So in Philippians, Paul said, your attitude should be like that of Christ, who came down in a humble way and became human, and through him, all of us are saved. And also Titus says this in chapter 3, verse 2. Believers shouldn't curse anyone or be quarrelsome, but they should be gentle and show courtesy to everyone. Let me coin it with what Dr. Luke says. Uh, Luke says, uh, Luke says, do to others as you would have them do to you. Jesus says this through Dr. Luke. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Some of us, we have the point and we have the right attitude and, and the right spirit and the art and the right motive, but it comes out so wrong at times. At times it comes out actually even, I wish I could give <laughs> examples. I love you all, so I want to do that. <laughs> it comes out really, not really right. The closest example I can give is me and my wife. There are times when our hearts are right and we want the right thing for each other, but at times it comes with everything we are feeling at that particular time. And it ends up not working well. But when we come together again, we're like, hey, you are the right motive. Your motive was right, was to build. But I didn't receive it right at that particular time. It didn't come out kind. Can we do it better the next way? The next, next time? Love is 
just not understanding. It's not uh, demanding, but understanding. Do you know that God understands us so much even what we're going through? That's why we are even children of God today. He knows the goal, where we should go, but he's so tactful, one step at a time, winning us back to himself, to his love. And he expects us to do the same. If there's something that is so opposed in this life, in this season, is the truth. People don't love the truth. People don't love to hear the truth. They don't actually get closer to anyone who tells them the truth. But now, how about using, because they still need the truth. Jesus is the truth, the way and life. We still want to tell them the truth. But let us use tact. Let us use strategy. Let us be loving ourselves. Let us be kind ourselves. The third mark of real love is that love is not irritable. So be gentle, not judgmental. Be gentle, not judgmental. If people feel condemned, if people feel judged, they'll run away from you because they'll be like, those are holy and righteous. We are sinners and evil. Once those camps are separated, it becomes difficult for people to receive help. And you, who is judgmental also on the opposite side, that, oh, you know, some people have just this prejudice in their minds. They conclude on things and judge others. Sometimes those things are influenced by evil spirits, demonic powers. Sometimes it's miserable companies. The Bible explains it well in Psalm 1 verse 1. Blessed are the people who do not walk, who do not live in the places of scornful sinners, paths of, of un unrighteousness. Because when we get to that path, when we live in those seats, we already have circled our territory. And everyone that is not in that territory is an enemy, even if they are doing the right thing. I pray that you may be able to let go of that in the name of Jesus. And hold on to the love of God. Hold on to the love of Christ. Because Paul says to the Galatians in chapter 6 that, Brothers and sisters, if someone in your group does, not, does something wrong, you who are spiritually, who, you who are spiritual should go to that person and gently help make him right again. But be careful because you might be tempted to sin too. Be one another's keeper. Be one another's keeper. It's the message that is being preached across. Keeping one another safe and loving one another and letting one another first. Putting each other first. Building one another. That's what Jesus is speaking to us. That's what the apostle, the word of God is saying to us. To be gentle with one another. To be kind with one another. But to help one another at all costs. So that we can be right again and get back on the path. If the Bible is saying so, it's because some people not always walk straight. They walk like drunkards. They don't keep a straight lane. You stagger left, you stagger to the right. You stagger to the left, you stagger to the right. Just so difficult about keeping the straight path. But those who are in the path, the Bible says, should win those who are off the path back to the love of God. That's the spirit of Christ. 
Some of these people will be so difficult to win back to the love of God. Some of them do not even know that they are not in the right path. But we need to tell them the truth. We need to speak the truth in love. To tell the love of God. Maybe it's you, you are here, and you've been off the path, you've been off the land, you've been off the right path or the right habit or right correct or right way, and you keep on being in conflict and you keep on being uh, with God and with what is right because you are holding on to all these things. May the light of God shine in your heart this morning in the name of Jesus, that you may realize how far off you have fallen from your love from God and come back to his love. I pursue you in by the love of God and the spirit of Christ that you may begin to have an introspection of your life. Where are you with God? Why are you holding on to what you are holding on? Is there no better solution than crying, than beating, killing yourself, committing suicide? Is there no better way than drinking and smoking yourself to life and sleeping around? Is there no better way than holding on to grudges and having your heart imprisoning others. Is there no better way? Jesus has a better way and he's saying that come to love. Come to life. Come to the truth and come to the way. Because that's where you fulfill your call on earth. That's where your purpose is made manifest. We are called and we are born for something great and better. But you know what? The enemy will always try by all means to take us off the track to take us off the rail, to take us off the path so that we do not live fulfilled. May God begin to speak to your heart this morning. May his love be shed and fill, may it fill your heart in the name of Jesus. I'll quickly go to the last mark as I'm winding up. Love keeps no record of wrongs. So, don't repeat it, delete it. Do not keep the records of wrong. Don't keep it, delete it. That does not mean you forget everything wrong somebody did to you at once. It will be there. You remember it so clear because your brain was meant to remember, right? But you have one thing to do. To keep deleting the pain that it comes with. Don't keep that pain. Ask God to heal you. Ask God to help you recover from it and heal from it. Delete that license to being angry at it. To, being, to grieving at it. To feeling pain at it. Because, you know, in doing so, you are stuck in one station of life. Where your life is just moving and revolving around pain and hurt. You will not be able to progress and do things that your life was meant to enjoy. Because of what you are holding on in your heart. But if you delete it and let it go, you begin. You, the first thing actually you do when you delete that, that offense or when you delete that pain. Or when you delete those habits from your heart. The first thing is that your life will be very uncomfortable to remain in the same cycle. You want to take a step ahead. You want to take a step out. You want to move forward instantly. You want just to move out. You wouldn't want to be on the same place again, on the same umbrella. Actually, what you do is you don't even want to return back to that. 
But if you are still holding on to that, if you are still seeing those things as right, if you are still feeling good and enjoying in doing those things that do not bring glory and honor to God, before you know it, your life is getting short and short and short. Before you know it, you're suffering with so many things in your heart, sicknesses and diseases. Your mind can't process. You always feel rejected. You, you always feel unwanted. You feel no one loves you. And therefore, you have to show the whole world that you also matter. We were not made, actually, we do not have time to show anything to the world. We do not have time to prove any point. Come on, who are you competing with? Who are you competing with? You live once, you live one life. Live it the best for the glory of God. Live life to the fullest in the light of God's glory. Fulfill, live fulfill, actually die empty. Having pulled out your career, having pulled out your calling, having pulled up the goals and what God wanted you to fulfill on earth, having replicated yourself in thousands of others by leading them to become better than you are, such that when your time comes to die, you say, God, I've run the race. I've reached the end. I commit my spirit in your hand. I want to come and rest in your bosom, Father. That should be your desire. But if you keep on holding to those things, you know what will happen? When your time comes, when your life is come to an end, you begin to cry. You won't actually let go and go to the Father. Because now you feel all these things. Now you see what you have not done. You have the time right now. I pray that may you let go of everything that does not bring glory to God. Everything that does not make you healthy. May you let them go in the name of Jesus.